Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Potty on the Potty, a podcast about navigating young adulthood. I'm your host, Sam, and I'm going to share my quick disclaimer before we jump in. Potty on the Potty is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Podcasts and social media are not therapy or substitutes for medical advice, so enjoy and feel free to share. If you're in a place where you're needing deeper support, I encourage you to seek out therapy for yourself. Okay, so let's jump into today's episode. So one of the biggest obstacles that young adults face is building self-esteem. In today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about the reasons we might have low self-esteem, the ways our generation is unique as it relates to this, and give some tips on how you can build confidence. Be sure to stick around to the end when I'll be sharing something funny yet pretty embarrassing that happened to me not too long ago. I do this for you guys. I really hope you appreciate it. If you're new here, my name is Sam and I make weekly podcasts on young adult mental health and wellness. So if you're into any of that, consider following this podcast. So as promised, we're going to start by talking about the reasons why some of us, many of us, all of us have insecurity and low self-esteem. Um, when I mentioned that our generation is unique in this way, um, how many of you guys cringed? Because I'm a millennial. Um, I cringe every time somebody says, oh, millennials are this or millennials are that. And in no way, uh, I just feel like that's so overused. Um, but at the same time, there are you know, unique struggles that every generation faces. And surely um, confidence doesn't seem to be getting better as, uh, as time goes on and as new generations grow up. Um, most recently, my last job, I was working with teenagers and oh my God, the poor things. Like that was the number one thing that they struggled with for sure was um, so much comparison, um, just feeling really competitive with each other, as is as is so common for teenagers, but like definitely that generation. You know, all of the um, all of the social media does not help. That's definitely not the number one cul culprit, but it certainly doesn't help. Um, so for any of you listeners who um, identify as millennials or Gen Z. Um, and if you are active on social media, I'm pretty sure you have some idea of what I'm referring to. So um, when sort of the older millennials were growing up, we, we, we sure saw like the tabloids. We saw, um, we watched TV. So we saw what celebrities looked like and how celebrities were portrayed as successful and, and all of those things that we kind of compare ourselves to. Um, whether it's status or money or looks um, or comparing ourselves to different people's relationships. Um, so we grew up seeing that in the media, like in the, on a broader scale with people that were just famous. Um, and we didn't necessarily see um, in media and being broadcasted our peers, Whereas nowadays, as you'll notice, not only are we seeing celebrities in the media, um, whether it's magazines, TV, all of that stuff, 
But social media is another way that we're seeing celebrities and famous people. And at the same time, we are seeing all of our peers um, right there with them. And so as was done with famous people in the news back in the day, our peers are now showing the what they think are the best qualities in themselves. So they're maybe showing status. They're maybe showing their best relationships. Um, they're maybe showing when they think they look the best, things like that. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure this is a new concept for any of you listeners out there. Um, people are constantly talking about social media as it relates to mental health and how we compare ourselves, um, which is going to impact our body image and just how secure we are in ourselves. So back to what I was saying about the teenagers, like teen years are the time when we really don't feel like ourselves yet. Like we're still figuring out who we are. And by the time we hit young adulthood, we have some idea of a direction we want to go in. But come on, guys, it's not going to like change overnight. So my argument is that young adulthood is just an extension of teenage years. And so, you know, they talk about teenagers being screenagers. I just learned that word the other day, which basically means that teenagers nowadays are like glued to their screens. But millennials are not that different. Millennials, and it's not because we're addicted. It's like literally there's so much on technology like it's necessity um but the downside of that of course is that we're comparing like we're we're being shown um through social media but also advertisements oh my gosh I could go on just basically the ideal we're shown what we should we we're shown what people want us to think is the ideal so that (laughs) That is the only thing I wanted to really say about how our generation is unique. But also, going off of that, I am a big proponent of the idea of intergenerational transmission of trauma, or basically just the fact that the past generation is going to um, put their values on us, and it's not always going to be productive because we have our own set of challenges. The next generation is going to have their own unique set of challenges. And so it's not always going to mesh well when we're trying to instill our parents or that generation's set of values um, onto our situation that we're in nowadays. So the reason why I brought that up was because that's another that's another way that um you know what we're going through is different from what other generations went through and that is not unique to our generation that is just kind of something that happens naturally so i just wanted to get that out of the way because sometimes that word generation can just <laughs> or millennial can just irk me um cuz i never know what someone's going to say like if they're going to badmouth our generation or what but um something that is far more universal is the fact that when we're when we're young early on in life the things that we go through are going to form our beliefs about ourselves and about the world um, our thought patterns and the way that we emotionally react to situations 
So if you remember ever being bullied, um, whether it was at school or at home, if you remember ever being shamed, and by that I mean like put down and told that you're no good, um, if you remember ever being in a situation where maybe you don't remember what happened, but you remember feeling horrible about yourself, like you were not worthy of that situation or love or attention, those moments in your early life are going to stick with you. And unfortunately, they're going to form our low self-esteem. And the more of those moments that we have, let's say it happens at home and at school and in another setting, you know, the more that that builds up, the harder it's going to be to feel self-worth. And, you know, if you're somebody that really struggles with self-esteem and confidence, there's a good chance that you went through a lot of those situations. But realizing that your, our self-esteem, the level of our self-esteem kind of has an origin is so, so helpful in our healing journey. And it gives us a lot of hope as to how to move forward and, and gain confidence. So my top two suggestions for healing our self-esteem and gaining confidence is number one, we need to heal from those painful experiences that happened in our early childhood. Now, some of you might be thinking, how bad could they be? You know, maybe you didn't even give them any attention until this very moment. So even if it was like, even if you're kind of brushing it off as a silly thing that happened and something that didn't make any sense, perhaps it's still affecting you today. So my advice would be to use a therapist or use close close people in your life that you trust and that you know will be very, very validating towards you. And maybe and, and maybe it's yourself, honestly, that self-validation it can be so powerful. So if you have that in you, journaling can be really helpful, but or praying if that's something that you do. But you need to get it through to yourself somehow that those people were wrong. Those experiences hurt you and that is not your fault. So easier said than done. Like I said, I'm going to be doing a podcast soon, perhaps the next one, where I'll be talking about the different types of therapy that are out there um, and even the different types of um, basically like healing options that are out there for you. So stick around if you have no idea where to even start with all of that. But my second tip is don't take yourself too seriously. So that's something that I've learned, oh my gosh, recently. Um, it, did, it did take me a while. And so if, if you do take yourself seriously, don't worry. Like this, this does take time. And it, it definitely takes, um, I guess, trial and error, but basically kind of like trying it and seeing that it's not that bad. I guess you could say it's like exposure, exposure therapy. Like you're trying something, you're laughing at yourself, and you're realizing, like, oh, wait, this is actually good. Like it's so scary at first, but um, don't take yourself too seriously. Be able to laugh at yourself. One of my friends who's much 
like a good amount younger than me, always says this, like always says, make fun of yourself before someone else can. And it's it's really honestly been tough for me because I'm very sensitive. So if somebody is going to make fun of me, like I don't always take that well at first. Um, unless, of course, it's someone that's really close to me and like we have that type of relationship. Um, at the same time, like I definitely err on the side of like humor where people are making fun of themselves more than other people. I don't know about you guys. I definitely understand that there's people out there that think it's like it's funny when comedians, um, what's the word when they're like dissing each other or something like that. I, I get that. But at the same time, like we have to be, I don't know, like we have to be really careful about being respectful and like not hurt hurting people's feelings. So if it's like you and loved ones, like we have to be careful about not crossing a line um, and I'm very sensitive to stuff like that personally. So that's why I try to keep it in mind. But something I've been trying to work on is being able to laugh at myself. So I'll give you guys an example. When I worked at my last job with those teenagers, I would pick up on them, you know, like maybe they told a story about being really embarrassed and I would feel for them. Like I said, I'm sensitive and I don't like when I feel embarrassed at all. But I was like, you know what? In this moment, I need to make them feel better. So I shared my own story. So I told them about a time when I was camping with my current partner a couple of summers ago. And I woke up in the middle of the night with the worst searing pain in my lower stomach. And of course, I immediately take to Google because I remember my dad telling us that when he was little, he had to get rushed to the hospital to have his appendix removed. So my mind goes there and I'm like, which side is your appendix on? And of course, my pain is exactly in the place where my appendix is. So I'm like, oh my God, like breathe. I can't like lay down. It still hurts. If I stand up, it still hurts. If I move around, like I didn't, I was groaning in pain. So I, I woke up my partner. I'm like, something is very wrong. Um, I hope it's not, but I'm pretty sure there's something going on. And he was like, okay, um, if you can try to go back to sleep, <laughs> 2 a.m. He's like, if you can try to go back to sleep, but wake me up if you can't and if it's still bad. So I waited. I, I want to say like 30 minutes I waited and I woke him up. And I was like, I can't it's really bad. Like it hasn't even subsided at all. Um, I think we need to find like the nearest hospital. So we looked it up the nearest hospital. Like I said, we were camping. The nearest hospital was like 45 minutes away. So we're like, okay, well, if this is like, I told him, I was like, if this is my appendix, it's serious. And like, I, it, it's an emergency. So I think that just to be safe, we need to like start heading there and see if anything happens. So he's like, all right, start getting ready. So I'm like getting all dressed and I go to like open the, he's like, go ahead and like turn the car on. So I get out and I'm like about to turn the car on and all of a sudden I let out the biggest fart, <laughs> like the biggest fart ever. It's like so long. And so I'm like, oh, okay, like, I don't know. I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it was like not related and then I go to sit in the car and all of a sudden like I'm able to sit and my pain is not there 
So I'm like, okay, well, I'm actually relieved. So I go back to my boyfriend and I'm like, um, so I, I just farted and I'm feeling a little bit better. And he's like, oh my God, <laughs> like still have a sleep. So not even having that big a reaction. But I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is the best case scenario, but I'm, I don't know. I'm starting to think that it was gas pain. <laughs> so of course the kids thought that was like the funniest thing. And they were like, oh my goodness, my therapist is telling me about a time when she farted. But anyways, I, I don't know. I just took the opportunity to, <laughs> to share with them a story and like kind of embarrass myself to them. And I think it made them feel a little bit better about their situation or just about the fact that like you can be a like, successful adult and still have embarrassing moments and like not have to take yourself so seriously. So anyways, <laughs> um, I wanted to share that embarrassing story with you guys too, just as an example. And I don't know if it's helpful at all. So I hope this episode was either helpful or relatable to some degree. Um, as I mentioned, I think I'm going to do a episode either next week or in the very near future, kind of just outlining the different types of therapy. Um, and then also thinking of starting some mini guided meditations towards the end of some episodes. But as usual, feel please go on over to my Instagram. Um, it's samantha.j.kurt. My last name is spelled C-U-R-T. And um, send me a DM or comment on any of my posts, basically just letting me know what you think of my podcast and suggesting topics, um, responding to different topics that I bring up and kind of asking questions is, is good too. Um, but I really want this to be sort of an interactive experience um, where we're all kind of working together. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. If you're still listening, I'm really grateful for you. Obviously, this is something I'm passionate about, so it ended up being a little bit of a longer episode. But if you're still here, that means that it's something that intrigues you too. Um, as always, um, I'm proud of you, and you should be proud of yourself for taking this time to reflect. We do a lot of reflecting here and growing. Um, so I'll catch you guys next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day.